Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. Always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Effective versus Productive Work, informative. If you were unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at ab and p.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Dana Olivo is a business growth strategist and CEO of Market Atomy LLC. Her passion is working with small first stage entrepreneurs to ensure that they start out on the right foot and stay on the path to financial freedom. Known as the business birthing specialist, Dana understands the intricacies involved in starting and running a successful business. Her efforts extend beyond the initial strategic planning process on into the implementation and monitoring phase. She's recently launched the first e-learning environment specifically targeting small micro businesses called Market Automy Academy. A graduate of the University of Central Florida's College of Business, Dana holds degrees in both marketing and management information systems and MIS. She brings more than 40 years of strategic planning experience in business structures, marketing, and business development, both nationally and internationally. Dana is not only a professional business growth strategist, but is a public speaker and best-selling author on Amazon. She's published five books, the latest, Social or Sociopathic, dropped May 17th of this year. So Dana, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Candy. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you talking about this topic today, uh, but before we get into the meat of the topic, I always like to ask my guests to tell me a little bit more about themselves and you know how they got into their industry. So if you want to give us a little bit more background and how you became a growth strategist, I'd love to hear it. 
Sure, no, definitely. Um, well, 40 years is a long career, so <laughs> so we'll give you a, we'll give you a very high level view. Um, sure. I spent about 30 years in the architectural engineering and construction side of the industry, uh, working through every logistical cycle within the construction with, with within the AEC industry is what we mm -hmm. abbreviate it to. Um, primarily in the marketing and business development side. Uh, in 2009, I was laid off from one of the largest construction management companies. And at the time, the entire world was going through the same mm -hmm. economic recession that everybody else was. Right. But the only country coming out of it faster than anybody was Brazil. Oh, so I took myself into Brazil to create inroads for companies here in the U.S that were struggling to keep their doors open and keep their field people working uh, and partnering with Brazilian companies in preparation for the FIFA and the World Cup game. I mean, the FIFA mm, and the Olympic okay. game. Mm -hmm. So um, when I got back, uh, I started working with, um, when I was down there just before I came back, I had a very serious accident, which laid me up for a while. When I finally got back to the United States, I had a lot of those small companies, those, those people who were laid off at the same time I was, they had started their own business. And in the process of working with them, I realized that these individuals, although they had good products or services to offer, didn't know how to build a business mm -hmm. around that product or service. So that's how Market Academy came about. Um, it was a means of explaining and teaching these individuals, how to build their business. Mm -hmm. And there's some similar things started. happening even now, right? Where there's oh, probably yes. a lot of people who wanted to start businesses because they've been laid off or unable to work. And so it sounds like a very similar story. Right. Mm -hmm. We've had an 83% increase in new business license applications since the beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I don't doubt that. Yeah, because <laughs> so, yeah, on the one hand, it's been a struggle, you know, for businesses, but on the same time, it's a great opportunity to start, especially if someone has wanted to and they've been working a full time job. And now, you know, here's an opportunity that they can invest right. some time in that. So that's why right. I wanted to talk about this today, too, talking about the, you know, the small business and what they can do to actually begin, you know, growing their companies, because I think it's a very timely topic. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I fully agree. <laughs> I right. fully agree. So, so um, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, so, I mean, obviously you were able to start this business because, you know, something in the environment was, you know, forcing you basically to do something new, but, you know, now you've been doing that for a while. So why is it still so important to you and what is your passion behind it? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, it's still a passion with me because I've had two failed businesses in the past. So mm. I've been there, done that. I understand what first stage businesses are going through in the process of trying to, um, to launch and grow a business. I'm also being a strategist. I understand that there is a process to doing mm -hmm. that. Um, many entrepreneurs, what happens is they decide they have a great idea that they want to launch a business on. But the problem is, is they jump into business and they start spending thousands of dollars on, on uh, marketing, you know, marketing right. on different things that, that is not necessarily needed in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, 
And you being in the bookkeeping and payroll side of things, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. So what I've done, I went back to school and got my degrees. And until I went back to school and got my degrees in business marketing and MIS, I didn't realize what I didn't know. I didn't know Mm -hmm. about running a business. And that's why I failed before. Mm -hmm. So when I finally, pardon that's so true or not not having that background knowledge when people are starting the business because they have expertise in a certain area but they don't necessarily know everything that goes into it right right and and we go into business as as small business owners we go into business wearing all the hats mm-hmm. and we think that we have to be able to do it all in order to save money but in actuality yeah. what's happening is you're losing money by trying to do things that you're not equipped to do Right. You'd actually save money by bringing in, you know, experts in different areas, in bookkeeping, in legal, in, you know, all of this. I mean, nowadays with the way the economy is, the gig economy is growing like crazy. There's mm-hmm. no reason to hire people if you don't need to, mm-hmm. you know, until you right. get to a point where you can't rely on the virtual environment anymore. Right. My my entire design staff, everybody is made up virtually from all mm-hmm. around the world. And we work fine. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a new way to work though, too. I mean, some people will still think that you have to be in the same location or the same state or something, but you're right. You can really have people in different locations and still get the work done. Right. Right. And, you know, and nowadays with the way things are, you have to be able to move quickly. You have to be able to um, delegate as much as possible. And you focus on what you do right. Uh, right. When I when I originally rebranded Marketatomy back in 2015 and I developed our brand, which is the Marketatomy concept, um, my way of explaining to um, business owners who did not have business experience was I built it around what we call the market anatomy concept, which is comparing a business to the human body. Mm. Okay? And the way we did that is in the heart of the human body, that's your passion. That's what drives you. That's what motivates you. Um, it's the same thing in business. The heart of the business is what motivates you. Why do you do what you do for your customers? What is so, what is that passion behind what you do? Mm -hmm. Well, up in the brain, that's where the signals are sent. That's where to the heart, you know, in the human body, but in the business, up in the brain, you have your playbook. That's where your systems, your processes, your product or service Uh, requirements are everything is up in the brain that is your playbook and that playbook is what is needed by the heart in order to build that message that's Mm going to go out through the veins of the body which are your marketing channels to the body which is your market Mm. think about it there's one component that is equally as important as all of those in order to bring customers through the door and that's you you're the soul of the business It's your culture that drives that business. And so it's important to understand that within all of those components, if you don't have those in place, you're not going to have customers coming through the door. Right. You know, they're not going to know about you. They're not going to 
be able to experience what it is you're selling, you know, anything. So mm -hmm. this is what I try and explain to early stage entrepreneurs is there's a strategy. Right. There's a strategy to bringing those customers through the door. And after all, that's what business is all about is revenue. Mm -hmm. And you can't have right. revenue without customers. Right. That's true. Well, and a lot of what you're saying, I think is kind of counterintuitive to someone who is necessarily, you know, thinking like I'm going to start a business and I don't have a lot of money, so I can't pay for help and I have to wear all of the hats and, you know, and they don't realize that it's probably taking them a lot longer to do the work. And if they were able to outsource some of those tasks and pay someone for that, they would have that time to actually go out and do the marketing and bring in the customers and have the revenue. But it's hard for people to sometimes see that, especially if they've never been in business before. They don't necessarily know how to actually right. properly, you know, reach out and and have that help. And it's, and it's equally important to understand that when you concentrate on one of the areas and not the other areas, okay, you may get to a point where you're able to convert and bring mm -hmm. those customers in. But if you are not focused on the operations side or on the um, aftermarket side or the um, uh, creating you know, uh, loyal customers, chances are you're going to get that. You're going to lose that customer as fast as you got it because you're not meeting their expectations. So that's right. why I, this, this human bo body analogy is so important because it takes into consideration not only the marketing side and the message side, but it takes into consideration what are the systems and processes you put in place mm -hmm. that are gonna meet the expectations? Where are your touch points? Where are your customers or your prospects gonna come in, in touch with your brand? And what are their expectations at every one of those? It seems like it's a lot to take in, but it's really, it's systematic. And right. so with my Market Academy Academy, this is what I'm bringing in to what the Academy is all about. It's based on a systematic approach to launching and growing your business. And it right. answers the questions. What do I do first? What do I do next? Mm -hmm. Does that make well, sense? And I think, right. And, and that's a great analogy too. I've never actually heard someone use the body as an analogy, but I love right. that analogy, you know, and that is helpful for people to understand a little bit about, you know, things you need to do so your business isn't failing, right? So you can focus on the marketing and bring in other clients. But what do you think are other reasons besides just not focusing on that, that you might say to someone who's thinking of starting a business, you need to be careful of this so you don't fail? Oh goodness. Well, there's a lot of um there's a lot of information data out there as to why first stage businesses fail. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, lack of leadership, lack of funding, you know, all of that. My belief is it's neither, it's none of those. It's lack of understanding, it's lack of knowledge. If you had that knowledge, if you knew how to develop the cash flow. If you knew how to market or sell, if you knew how to build an effective team, okay, you'd be able to work through those roadblocks that would stump that where you would stumble as a first stage entrepreneur. And that's what the academy is all about, is it brings that education program to early stage businesses so they can follow a sequential, you know, they don't have to follow it linear, linearly. <laughs> Linearly, mm -hmm. okay, but there is still a process. 
And the academy is built along five different phases of growth mm -hmm. that all businesses go through, not just small businesses. First, you have the see it stage. The see it stage is where you visualize, you have your idea, you know it's a, what we call a napkin stage business, mm -hmm. okay? You've got the idea, you, you pretty much know what you wanna do, that type deal. But then you go into the prove it stage. The prove it stage is where you take your idea out to the market and you start getting feedback and you find out whether people are willing to spell, spend their hard earned dollars to purchase whatever it is you're selling, you know, and if there's a large enough market for you to make a profit, mm -hmm. okay? Too many small business owners go in and they're in thousands of dollars before they realize people just don't want what they're buying. Right. Okay. And then you move into what we what I call the build it phase, phase number three. The build it phase is okay, you've proven, you, you, you've had the idea, you've proven its viability. Okay. Now you need to build the business around it, the business model. Okay. This is where you can start putting your, your systems and your processes into place. This is also mm -hmm. where you start earning revenue, okay? This is where you identify who your customers are, et cetera, all of that. That's the longest phase that you're gonna have in this growth process because you're pulling that business together and you're further proving and you're putting your touch points in place, everything. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where you start reaching a point where you say, okay, I'm ready to grow. You know, I've proven the model. I know it works. Now I'm ready to grow. That's when you move into the funding stage, because in order to grow your company, 10x, 5x, whatever it is, it's going to take money, whether you're going to self-fund it, whether you're going to uh, bring in an angel investor or go for bank equity funding, you know, any of that, you need to know how much you're going to need, which is where that build process phase comes in. Because by then, you know what things are going to cost, and you can start right. building out a forecasted revenue plan so mm -hmm. that you know what you're going to need. And then you move into the, once you get the funding, you move into the growth phase. And that's mm -hmm. when you start bringing in uh, new products or expanded products or adjust your pricing or whatever it's going to take to 10x your business. Right. So there is a process. The problem is, is most business owners, they want to jump from the napkin stage or the see it stage straight into the growth stage. And right. that's where they end up wasting so much money and they end up bleeding money. Right. Well, and I would love to talk about too, when you were mentioning funding and you're saying, well, you've kind of forecasted things and you've looked at what you think your sales are going to be and the cost of things. I often tell people when they're starting their businesses too, like you can create that forecast, but then what you should do is go back and reduce the revenue that you're going to, that you think you're going to bring in and you exactly. should increase your cost, right? And because that's exactly most of the time right. you are, you yeah. know, looking with rosy, you know, glasses yeah. and you think you're going to do better yeah. than you are. The costs are less. Or I find too that when people are looking at their total costs, they're really not looking at everything that makes up the cost. They might be looking at, if they sell a product, they might say, oh, I buy it at this, so I'm going to sell it at that and not consider overhead and everything as well that exactly. needs to be kind of included. Um, so that's why I say that too, because if you end up 
you know, reducing your income and, you know, increasing your expenses, but then you do closer to what you originally thought, okay, that's great, right? You have more money in the bank and, you know, your costs were less, but at least you're not taken by surprise if right. it doesn't work out the way that it, that it right. does. So I'm sure you've probably seen that a lot with the clients that you work with too, that maybe many things times. aren't as rosy. <laughs> <laughs> Many times, and that's why during the build it stage, you are going through the process of mm -hmm. your cash flow analysis and understanding, and you get a true picture of what your expenses are. You know, one of the things that so many, um, some of the things, but one is um, commingling of funds. Oh, yes. Okay. Especially <laughs> solo entrepreneurs, you know, mm -hmm. they are notorious for commingling funds. Right. And getting them to understand that you can't do that is critical. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is when they set up the business entity, a mm -hmm. lot of times if it's a partnership or something, they split the equity equally. And they don't right. understand, first of all, by doing that, you lose your position of power, first of all. And secondly, where is the equity that you're going to set aside for when you get to that funding stage? So mm -hmm. I tell everybody, all my customers, I say, set aside at least 20 to 30% of your shares, your equity shares for your investors. Mm -hmm. So right. you know, there's, there's a lot of little things that they will learn by going through the different courses. Mm -hmm. you know? um, right. And then also with the Academy, what we bring in is we bring in that accountability factor. Right. Because it's one thing to learn, but with every course that we do, it is a two-pronged approach. You have the learning aspect, but as well, you have what we call the experiential interactive element. So once mm -hmm. you've learned, you're, you immediately go into an interactive portion where you have the, your tools so you can start planning for your own business. Right. Okay. You can start. So you have a customized approach for each course for your business. So mm -hmm. it doesn't become shelf health. Right. That's so is. important. Yes, it the is. Same thing, and then when I train someone, it's the same thing. I say, you know, let's use your paperwork and let me teach you how to do exactly. your work. Not just like in general, here's how you invoice a customer and receive a payment and things like that. So it's nice to hear exactly. that you're letting them kind of customize yeah. that for their own business as well. And then we also include um, for any of our subscribers, because it is a subscription base, um, the bi-weekly uh, group coaching that mm -hmm. we bring in. And we also have like a private Facebook page. So they have that, that support, that resource support. And we do bi-monthly mastermind programs. Mm -hmm. So That's there's, too. you know, having been there, done that, right. you know, especially when you're a solo entrepreneur, Operating in a vacuum does not work. You right. need to have that feedback. You need to have some kind of, of accountability mm -hmm. built into your program. Right. Well, even if, like you were saying, been there, done that, right? But even if you're in a mastermind group with people who are all newer in business too, I think I've been in a mastermind for a really long time. I think it's very valuable, but I think too, even if someone doesn't have all the experience yet too, if you're just sharing your ideas, you're also getting someone else's perspective and they might have an idea you never even thought of, and it can help you, you know, implement whatever it is that you want to be implementing by taking their perspective. Even if it's not, you know, they've got five years more experience than you, it's still, you know, from a perspective of, have you thought of this? 
and right. what do you think about that, you know? And, and it's important to understand that, you know, people are so afraid of revealing secrets, mm-hmm. you know, of their businesses. What they don't realize is they're already out there. They already know them. There's people who are mm-hmm. researching their businesses as right. well as everybody else's. So don't be so afraid of the competition and revealing mm-hmm. secrets. What you want to be conscious of is staying one step ahead. So mm-hmm. That's where your research comes in, which is critical because you want to know, you know, if you have not done a SWOT analysis on your business and you have not explored what the opportunities and threats are in the market for your business, you're going to find yourself in the same situation that we just got out of or just coming out of with COVID, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. you have to have some kind of mitigation plan in place should something happen you know, Mm -hmm. um, such as what happened with COVID. Now that was a a highly unusual element and event, but, um, you know, another perfect example is the, um, Obamacare. Okay. Look at what it initially had done to the insurance, the the private insurance business, you know, they were able to turn it around, you know, but still, you know, that's something that is not expected. Right. When you look at it, so you mm-hmm. have to be able to stay on top of what's and and social. Uh, I mean, solo entrepreneurs and even micro businesses they get so wrapped up in their business they don't pay attention to what's going on outside of their mm-hmm. business. Right, because again, they're trying to do so much, and they're yep. you know there's only so many hours in the day, but they have to get everything done, right? So it's hard to be paying attention to everything that's going on um, in the environment and around them, right. but. I know you talked earlier, you know, you kind of briefly mentioned why, you know, you should follow a sequence, but I wanted to make sure that someone completely understands, well, why can't you just go from the napkin idea phase to growth? Well, like, why do you really need to go through that sequence and make sure that they completely understand? Because I think some people might think, well, it's good to grow. I'm ready to grow. Like, why, why is it a bad thing? <laughs> well, there's, there's many reasons that it's a bad thing. You know, first of all, you don't know who your ideal customer is. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't know what your pricing structure is going to be. You don't know how you're going to deliver your products. You know, is it going to be through the wholesale market? Is it going to be uh, online? Is it going to be in a retail store? You know, all of that. You haven't figured all that out. You know, Mm -hmm. you haven't figured out how are you going to service your customers? You know, what are, what are their expectations? You know, all of this is critical to the growth phase, because like I said, if you can't service your customers, if you can't meet their expectations, all right, you're not going to be able to grow because you're not going to have those customers coming through the door. You know, right. I tell, I tell my clients, I jokingly tell them, you know, a business without customers is like being pregnant without a way to deliver. Hmm. Okay. Men can't necessarily understand that. <laughs> <laughs> But women, we definitely can, you know, Mm -hmm. we can't deliver on what our promises are. That is where we start getting into um, a a very serious issue, whereas people just, you know, bad news spreads faster than good. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you start getting a bad reputation, that's going to spread much faster than, you know, your, your credible reputation. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, in fact, that's why the latest book that we had written, I co-wrote it with a very good friend of mine who's in digital marketing uh, called Social or Sociopathic. That's what we talk about because we're now in a highly virtual and mm -hmm. hybrid market. And we're more susceptible to what we call social sociopaths. And those are the individuals that will, that, that prey on companies, you know, whether it's low pricing or whatever, but they can't deliver. Mm. Okay. They're looking to get those payments and everything, but then they can't deliver. And yeah. as solo and micro entrepreneurs, we can't afford to do that. So mm -hmm. this book is designed to explain how to watch out for them, how to make sure that they are not social sociopaths, but also how to set yourself up online as a credible company, right. you know, uh, with social proof and everything. So you don't fall into that category. Right. You well, know. and I think if a business tries to grow too fast too, often they don't even have, like you said, the funding available. And there's a lot of things that aren't ready, you know, for that. So again, yes, it would be great to get all these clients, but, you know, I actually did an example for someone who'd come to me at one point and he said, you know, our business continues growing, you know, a couple of years ago, we we're a $3 million business this year. We're going to be about a $10 million business. So I know we're making money, but there's no money in the bank. I don't understand why. Um, and so I was doing some analysis over, you know, a few year period for him and said, do you realize that your profitability has been dropping every year? So in, you know, that one year when you had $3 million, you had a much higher profitability on the bottom line than you do now. And you're investing so much in your labor and so much in all these things. Exactly. That's what you, I think it was down to two or 3% profitability overall. So yeah, it's great to have that top line $10 million, but if you're only down to 2% where you'd been 16% before, growth right. in itself is not necessarily the best thing. That's exactly it. You know, I have, um, I have a new product that's going to be beta tested uh, the second week in August. If all goes well, <laughs> it's called the Business Health Check Assessment. And basically it assesses existing companies across 20 different KPIs, key mm, performance okay. indicators. Mm -hmm. And those key performance indicators are boiled down into five critical areas. Your overall um, operational strength, your overall financial strength, your sales and marketing strength, your product service viability, and the overall health of the business and your management team, mm -hmm. okay? And this assessment gives a score in those five critical areas. But what's really cool about this assessment is we can go back into the scoring on each of those 20 different K KPIs and we can identify where the gaps are, okay? Whether it is, you know, um, lack of profit, you know, or decline in profit, you know. I've had companies come to me or a company come to me um, telling me, uh, I need your help. My, my sales are dropping. I don't understand what's going on. My sales team's just not performing. And when we went in and, and evaluated a little bit more, I said, wait a minute, we need to look at the whole business mm -hmm. rather than just your sales team. Because yeah. all of these KPIs that I talk about, okay, sales depends on pricing. It depends on product ability. It depends on, um, on your profit margins. It depends on your marketing. There's so much interdependency there that we have to look at why are your sales dropping? 
Is it because mm -hmm. your messaging is off? Is it because your product is no longer viable? Do you need to rethink your product makeup or your service makeup? You know, so we have to look at all of those. Perhaps your sales team, maybe they're in the wrong position. Mm. Those are all things that have to go into exploring why your, your, your sales are following, falling. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and so that's what that in, in all, that's what we're all about. Market Academy is, you know, let's help these small micro and solo entrepreneurs learn how to build a strong business. Right. A strong business well, model. My goal is to ultimately um, down the down the road. My ultimate vision is I want to get in front of Congress, and I want to fight for the rights of solo micro entrepreneurs. That if they show that they have gone through the education process of learning how to grow a small business before they get their business license, that they are eligible for incentives through the government mm -hmm. to help nice. them for the first two years. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea. I mean, because I've even said too, I have clients, you know, who are doctors and attorneys and all these things, and they went to school to learn their industry, their but trade. not how yeah. to run the business, right? And so it's so true. I mean, they'll say, yep, you're ready to go start your business, but there's none of the other things that they need to support them to be successful, you know, and I think that's one reason why so many people actually will start a business and they're not able to survive for such a long time because they don't know all of these things. So I think that's a great idea. I hope it happens. No, definitely. I, um, I had one client, uh, he was a physician and, um, he wanted, he had started, he had already launched his business and it was an urgent care business. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was only open between the hours of eight and five, first mm -hmm. of all. Okay. Secondly, he had spent his entire um, allotment for his business on setting up the office, making it beautiful, you know, and things like oh. that. Mm -hmm. And nothing was left for marketing. Nothing was left for, you know, anything else he had set up. You know, you walk in the office, it was beautiful, you know, things like that. He thought because he was on a busy intersection, Mm. that he would attract attention that way. And when I explained to him, I said, you know, first of all, you're talking about an urgent care business, which normally urgent care is needed after hours. Right. Okay? Because the physicians are open during hours. Right. right. And then, yeah, open during the day is fine because center care and all these other ones, they are, but it's after hour care that is what's important. Right. Um, and secondly, he did not, he did not meet the expectations of his patients because right down the road, less than a mile down was an emergency room. Mm -hmm. And so if they came in with a broken arm or something that needed x-rays, he didn't have the machinery to do it. He'd send them mm -hmm. down to the emergency room. Well, these people could have just gone to the emergency room in the first right. place. So right. these are the things that you have to take into consideration when you're planning on launching your business is you have mm -hmm. to look at the business as a whole and meeting those customer expectations. Right. Well, and I know you said you had had two failed businesses yourself, and I know sometimes people will learn from the mistakes of others. So what's one thing you would do differently that would have gotten you to where you are faster if you had to do it over again? 
Uh, well, one business was an advertising agency and where I failed there is um, in not knowing what I didn't know, I didn't know, okay, was I had brought in a partner. And again, when I talked about the corporate shares, the, the, you know, the split of the company, it was 50-50. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, that was, you know, that was, that's what my downfall was because they took over the company. Um, the second business was a manufacturing business. I manufactured ceramic lamps for the hotel industry. Um, I had gone into it. I, I had taken it, bought it out from a friend of mine who had cancer. Okay. Mm. Okay. I know ceramics. I can, you know, I had worked in ceramics all my life, but it was for fun. It was a hobby. Okay. I get into this manufacturing business and I realize what's involved. And all of a sudden it's not a hobby anymore. I hate mm -hmm. it. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, you had to worry about logistics. You had to worry about not only the sales, but you had to worry about quality control and all this other stuff. So, you know, those are the things that you have to be thinking about mm -hmm. when you start your business. And, right. you know, if you're going to try and do it on, in the second business, I was trying to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do it all yourself. Right. And I think, too, when you were talking about, you know, the equity in the company, you know, I think a lot of times people think, oh, there's two of us, it's just 50-50. But I think they also have to look at how much is each person going to be investing in the business financially and with their time and all of that, make sure it's also kind of reasonable yeah. based on that, too. And I don't think they always look at that because I do know I had someone who had come to me years ago um, for help with their bookkeeping and things like that too. And the relationship over time started to deteriorate because one person felt, well, I'm just investing in the, in the company. So I get most of the equity where the other guy, he was the one that was there, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week running the company and not really making much. And over time, that relationship started to sour because the one person felt he wasn't getting compensated, right. Based on all of the effort and the other guy didn't do anything in terms of working right. in the company. So I think really looking at all of those kind of situations Right. is really important and having professional yeah. experience guide yeah. you on what you should be doing. Yeah, I'll tell you another little story. When you talk about that, um, I had a client, he, they came, it was a husband, uh, uh, son and father and son had come to me because they were manufacturers of high-end women's sandals and they mm -hmm. had their connections in China to, you know, they had a manufacturer in China, you know, um, they had everything set up for this problem was, was they had four partners, the mm -hmm. two of them and two others. The two others were non-performing partners. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they had an IP, they had uh, uh, protection, intellectual property protection on the sandal. And it was a, a um, convertible sandal. So you could change out the tops, you know, and things oh, like nice. that. Mm -hmm. And they came to me and, and all four of the partners had 25%. Mm. And um, they came to us and, and they, the reason they came to us is because they wanted to go for funding so that they could expand their business. And when I sat down with them and I started talking to them, I found out that they had no equity left in the company, meaning mm -hmm. stock equity. And I said, well, we can't do anything because right now, because you have no available stock entity you know, to, um, to offer. And uh, they went back to their partners to try and get them to release some of their equities so they could make up 20, 25% equity. 
And the other two partners decided, no, they don't want to do that. They just wanted to hold on to their 25%, you know, and not contribute to the company at all. Well, one thing led to another. And what they ended up doing is dissolving the original company, taking the patent and turning around and opening a new company hmm. where they, it was just the two of them, the two performing. And, um, and they were able to get the funding that they needed in order to move forward. But those are the kind of things that, you know, with me as a growth strategist, we will look at to determine, okay, is this viable? You know, he had an excellent product, <laughs> excellent product. You know, he had the manufacturing worked out. They had the price points worked out. Everything was there, but they could not get the funding because of the fact that the other two partners were holding them over a barrel. Right. Yeah, yeah, never a fun place to be. <laughs> no, no. So. so I know this has been a great discussion. I know we're getting close to the end of a time and I wanted to ask if you have an offer that you would like to share with the listeners. Yes, um, with Marketatomy Academy, we give free webinars every single month, either one or two free webinars um, that can be found on the marketatomy.academy website under our calendar, event calendar. Um, we have one coming up August 12th. It's called, Can You Hear Me Now? And what it is, is we have an international linguist coming, linguist coming in. She's going to talk about, she's gonna talk about now that we're in a highly virtual environment and our geographic, um, uh, boundaries are expanding. How do we manage communication and cultural exchanges mm -hmm. between different countries, different companies, even between the Southeast and the Northeast in the United right. States? You know, there's different cultural and, and communication aspects that we need to take, uh, take notice of. So that is what's going to be uh, happening on August 12th. And then on the 14th, I believe it is, Oh, it's actually going to lead to a course that she has developed. Mm, okay. okay. So that we can actually develop um, our process for managing that. Okay. And if someone's interested in that, where do they go to you know, sign up or download yeah. whatever you have available? They go to marketatomy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y dot academy. And then under, um, and then up at the top, if you scroll through the top, you'll see some drop downs and there are, there's a drop down for calendar of events and then also featured events. The featured yes. events are your webinars and they can sign up right there if they want. Perfect. And do you have any other ways that people can connect with you that you would like to share? Sure, they can reach out to me through my other, my main website, which is marketatomy.com, or they can reach me by email at danna.olivo at marketatomy.com. Nice. Well, thank you, Dana, for being a guest on my show today. I really appreciate your sharing your expertise. No, I appreciate it. I, you know, this is my passion. This is what I love to do. So I'm here mm -hmm. for all of the micro and small business owners out there. So thank Fabulous. you. Fabulous. And to those 
small business owners who are listening. Thank you for tuning into the show today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it did answer some of your questions on the five stages of growth for the early stage business. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Dana at any of the links that she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, Corporate Matchmaker, Creating a Robust Boardroom. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And remember, you can find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.